Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's Brendan Escott with you this afternoon. I got the call up today because Bob is headed to Minnesota. With the Oilers, they'll take on the Wild tomorrow on 6.30. Chad, that is a 6 p.m. puck drop, 4.30 for the face-off show. Got to tell you before we head to Craig Simpson on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline that some guests on Oilers now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Roos Chris, it's the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow the sizzle to 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Maggie and the staff that Oilers now sent you. I've got a Valentine's Day date lined up at Roos Chris. Can't wait for that one. All right, we bring aboard Hockey Night in Canada's Craig Simpson. Craig, it's a a frustrated fan base here, and it was exacerbated last night. It was the first time we've seen jerseys on the ice. As an outsider, I ask you, what is this looking like? Well, it's about as ugly as you can get, and last night's game was just that. It was was shocking. It... uh, you know, it wasn't like the game was uh, in the bag for the Oilers going into the third, but it was one that they at least, you know, had control of the game. They were executing at a good level. And, uh, you know, that kind of breakdown by itself is a difficult one to stomach. But given their two games prior coming back out of the 10-day break uh, were, you know, really shocking in that regard. It's one that you know, you don't really have an answer for. I I sympathize with the, the pain of the fans watching it. It was difficult to watch last night, and those are the kind of moments that, you know, you really have to look and say there's something seriously wrong. It, it's not just a mistake here or there. There is plenty of those to go around, but, you know, that's one of those uh, uh, debacle losses that, that just stay with you. They don't go away easily, and... Uh, they're going to be very difficult to try to shake off and try to get right back and going to a building that they don't get a, a lot of success in in Minnesota as well. That's been a place where they've had terrible trouble winning games. 
They are frequently slow starters. Once again, last night, scored on within the first two minutes of the hockey game. And for a group, Craig, that's pretty fragile, uh, or has proven to be lately anyway, it just seems like they succumb to any adversity that's thrown their way. Um, but I want to know, as somebody who's, who was in the league for quite some time, wh- where do you look to, to find the positivity to get out of this funk? Because it's just such a dark cloud over the whole organization right now. Yeah, and I've said the last couple of weeks, I think I mentioned it uh, before the All-Star break, and, you know, I, I've i been uh, equally as critical on the players as the, the management deals and the trades that were made, the coaching decisions, whatever. I, I, at the end of the day, you still have to look internally as a player and say the, the guys who are going to make the change and do things to turn it around are the players in the room, and so, you know, I've mentioned many a times, I, I've lived through it as a player. I've been around it uh, as an assistant coach where the team, you can tell, is really fragile. You can tell doesn't have confidence. They, they're they turning when things go bad. They don't seem to have the fight back. And, you know, I've, I've said that from a player perspective, the discussion has to be internally that, you know, guys, this <laughs> – Uh, I said to Bob, I think last week, if you think it can't get any worse, you're dead wrong because it can. And I think last night is just another example of that, that, you know, from a player perspective, you always have to be uh, aware of how important it is to just every single shift, every single night to have that attention to detail of, you know, battling and working through it and doing it together. You know, I, I think everybody individually goes through times where they lose their confidence a bit. The irony is, you know, you've got two guys anyways that are are both having career years and are driving the offense, but it's been clear that, you know, there just hasn't been throughout the lineup those players bonding together and saying, you know, let's have a good shift. If I'm playing on the third line or the fourth line, you get a couple of early opportunities your onus is to say, you know, we got to turn this around or we got to stop the bleeding. And that just hasn't happened uh, at all. They we're chatting with Craig Simpson right now from hockey night in Canada's uh, broadcasts. Um, Craig, I get the impression that Hitchcock is a pretty hard-nosed coach. He's that old-school, in-your-face, loud, poke-and-prod-and-manipulate kind of coach. Um, and I, I wonder if that message is already being lost on this group, and, and maybe that's accelerated because of the fact that it hasn't worked in quite yeah. some time. What do you think about that? Well, I, I think, you know, listen, I, I've, got, I've got respect for Ken when he... When the change was made, his name was a shock to me, but it it did make some sense if that was going to be the decision, that it was going to be a short term, it was going to be to the end of the season. You knew the shortcomings of this team. They they were a bad defensive hockey team that for the first 13 games, uh, I mean, it seemingly they did some of the things that they needed to improve on. That start under Hitch, 9-2-2, they had two goals against their last in nine of those 13 games. And, you know, I said all along that this can't be a team that thinks they're going to score their way out of problems or going to be a real offensive team. This has to be a team that has to be very difficult to play against defensively, has to be much better with their sticks and their coverage, and, of course, have to get a save. But, you know, this last stretch of 20 games, that, that's a quarter of the season and you're 5-13-2. and two. You know, you extrapolate that to a season. That's 20 52 and 8 
And so, you know, my my thought would be, uh, I don't think there's any question that the rose has fallen off in terms of Hitch's message. Uh, the the last, you know, this the emotions of having not only a coach fired, but then your general manager fired, and then coming out in these last three games, and you know, albeit very tough games in the afternoon in in Philly and Montreal. But losing a third period lead and then the debacle last night, you know, I look at it this way. I'm not pinning anything on on Hitch, but I think collectively as a group, if if it's Keith Gretzky who's making the decisions now, or Keith Gretzky and and Bob Nicholson together, you know, I, I look and say if you legitimately think you're a playoff team, and the reality is the West has been so bad, it's amazing that teams like Colorado, Edmonton. And even Anaheim, that can't win to save themselves either, are still in the mix. So you do have an opportunity for change, and you do have an opportunity to get in there. If you really think you're going to be a playoff team, I think you make a move now. Hitch, guarantee my words here, is not coming back to start to coach this team next year. So if you have any inkling that the team isn't responding, I know it's another embarrassing moment if you have to fire another coach, but... Um, as I said, not pinning it on him, but if you believe as a group that you're going to be a playoff team, I think you make the move because it's it's not the message isn't getting through. The team does need another bounce back, and if you all of a sudden can go nine two and two in your next thirteen, uh, with the way the West is going, you've got an opportunity. But I thought it was a bit of a telling tale this morning, uh, listening to you and hearing that you know Hitch was up in the stands and not on the on the ice. You know, to me, that senses that he senses that there's a little cool off period. Maybe things aren't reacting the way they need to. I just think if you look at this from a management perspective, you've got nine games left until the trade deadline uh, day. And, you know, you're sitting here with 29 games left. And the reality is you're not just three points back. You're pretty much four points back because you're going to lose the tiebreakers to most of the teams. So, you know, I, it, it wouldn't be out of the uh, realm of possibility or even for me uh, looking to say that, you know, another change, whether it's just having Glenn Gullickson fill, you know, as a, as a former head coach, fill the end. But the way this team's reacting, they're, they're not playing with a passion. You're right about on home ice. To have this team continually come out on home ice and be so flat and be playing from behind and not being able to take control of games is is really the most troublesome for me as well. Chatting right now with Hockey Night in Canada's Craig Simpson. It's Brendan Escott filling in for Bob on Oilers now. Craig, after Talbot was pulled last night, there was a moment when he stood there in his crease and just stared down the bench as if to say, you've got to be kidding me right now. I think back to obviously the most prominent uh, situation but with a rift between uh, you know goaltender and organization and that being Patrick Wall with Montreal. They keep going back to the well with Tab- Talbot after they've signed Koskinen. And right now, I can't think that they're doing anything but showcasing him to get out of town. That, that caught Bob by surprise, uh, the decision to go back to Talbot in Minnesota. What do you make of that situation there? Well, forget about even Minnesota, even last night. You know, there there are definitely mixed messages. And I, I can tell being a part of uh, a coaching staff that had plenty of goaltender issues uh, at times, you know, the worst thing you have to be dealing with as a coaching staff is if you're even having a discussion about who should we be playing tonight. Uh, you know, typically 
good teams have their backup slated for certain nights, whether it be back-to-backs or travel or, you know, schedule. So already it's a concerning uh, measure when you're always, you know, second-guessing yourself, you know, playing a little bit of, okay, I'll pick this guy, and then all of a sudden he struggles and you're upset with your decision and now you're questioning it. Um, You know, I, I think... I agree with the Cam's reaction to Hitch. I actually, watching that game, though, to me, when the couple of quick ones looked in, I, I read his body language. He's waiting for it. And that, to me, is such a negative feeling. And that transcends itself to the bench. You know, look at, look at the uh, lag and just the drop in the intensity when those two quick goals went in. All of a sudden, you turn two goals into four goals. And that's the, you know, killer from a team when you're, you're not able to respond and rally, and you're not able to uh, dig back in in the game. And you know, I, I I can agree with Cam being upset. It's a it's a bad scenario when you're going back and forth between goaltenders because you're not sure who should be in the net. It doesn't serve them well either because then they're both questioning themselves. So it, it is kind of the worst scenario to get yourself in. I'm not sure if there's a an opportunity to quote unquote showcase anybody right now. I, I think you have to make the decision that you're you're trying to make a run to get that four point deficit erased and be a playoff team and then just see what happens there. Or you're back to the reality of saying we're not anywhere near good enough and we have to make some significant changes by trade deadline time and start moving some bodies up. I think, Craig, part of what's complicating this is the fact that, like you said, the West is still very much wide open and the fact that they can't just commit to, okay, let's let's figure out uh, the future right now because I think in in the minds of the higher-ups and coming from a financial standpoint as well, they, they're they still trying to aim for the playoffs this year without really any flexibility to do so. We get a lot of texts coming across the Heartland Ford text line, Craig, that are saying, like, you look at Bakersfield on a 10-game heater and, and some of the guys at the NHL level that aren't performing, is there a possibility, I guess, that let's suppose, because the next schedule here, the next five games for the Oilers is not looking like it's a lot easier than the previous five. Yeah. If they get to a point where they can commit to some sort of uh, redirection here with the team. Do you see them bringing up some AHL bodies if for no other reason than to send a message to the guys that are already here? Well, I'm not sure it's even sending a message. I think ideally one of the goals of the organization was to be a better uh, organization in the American Hockey League, to have a better development system. So the fact that you've got some traction and some success, I, I look at it as a real positive. And I would also look and say, you know, there is the development curve of some of those guys who are doing well down there. The, the game plan for them would be keep them down there and allow them to grow and learn how to be pros, learn how to play, you know, at a high level. If your team can succeed down there, then that'll, I think, really enhance the, uh, the growth and the development of those guys. The, the, the only thing I would say, again, is I'm not sure there's anybody down there that uh, – you know, can, will come up and be the difference maker going. I think the decision, again, going forward is if you feel like you need to change or you got to jettison some guys, you make some of those deals, even if it's giving them away almost for nothing, at the trade deadline to open up some, some cap space and open up some options, then I think you might see some guys getting an opportunity to come up. But, you know, there's still the question of are they coming up to try to help you push to a playoff spot? 
or are they coming up because you've lost the last, you know, four or five more in a row and are now significantly out of it? Chatting with Hockey Night in Canada's Craig Simpson. Craig, you're a former 50 goal scorer in the league, and on the I'm going to go somewhere with this in a second. But on the faceoff show before last night's game, Barry Stafford, who was a an equipment manager for the Oilers for quite some time, was talking about uh, some of the the modifications that they had to make to the gear, and yours in particular, as somebody who took a lot of punishment in front of the net. So yep. I, I want to just play this clip for you. I'll put you on hold for half a second. We'll get right to it. Craig Simpson. I mean, because of all the abuse to the back, to his back, that's a, that eventually ended his his career, right? So he must have wanted as much as he could get there to try to shield from all those cross checks. Yeah, I mean, what a great example. A 50 goal scorer in the NHL. I mean, that that's an example of what it takes to score 50 goals. And uh, you know, you got to be in the tough places. You got to be in front of the net. Uh, Ryan Smith was a good example of a player that played a lot like that. And if anybody could see their equipment. Uh, you know, underneath their, their jersey, it, it, it's just amazing how uh, we used to add extra padding right between actually the shoulder pad and the elbow pad because the experienced uh, uh, defenseman would know exactly where to go. They'd whack you right where the break was. All right, Craig. So just a little bit there, and I, I only played that for you because they mentioned you specifically. Now, <laughs> some of the, the trouble with the Oilers seems to be like there's a lot of guys having down years at the same time in terms of their scoring production, and perhaps that's because they're not willing to go to those dirty areas. So talk to talk to me a little bit about uh, that. You, you have the highest uh, shooting scoring percentage or shooting percentage, I guess, in NHL yeah. history. Is that correct? From being in those dirty areas, right? Yeah, I, I think it's... Uh, I've always said the the... You know, stretches you go through where maybe you lose some confidence and not scoring goals. Uh, I mean, typically you have to go through the cycle of of looking at yourself and say, A, am I working hard enough? Am I doing all the things? Am I in top shape? If I'm not there, i got to do some work off the ice, got to do some extra work on the ice. You know, am I working on my, my shot, my game, my craft every day and trying to improve on it? So you can try to check those boxes off and Sometimes your confidence is down, and typically when I analyzed what was going on when I wasn't scoring, it was because I was playing on the outside. So I don't think there's any question that there's a huge correlation. And I've said so often, whether it's doing my Hockey Night in Canada job or uh, even on this show reacting to guys who are you know, going through 15, 20 games without scoring, you know, typically I say you're, you're not putting yourself in a position where you can get a rebound goal or a tip off your rear end even. Sometimes you'll get a goal that you didn't even touch with your stick, and that gives you some life. That gives you some energy. And so uh, I think from a coaching perspective, that's always been something to sit with guys when they're struggling and, and show them maybe some of their chances or some of their drives around a defenseman where instead of taking it hard to the net or shooting and, and following up and stopping on the net, you know, you do a flyby or you go around. And I, I've often felt the the recipe for um, trying to get off the schneid and trying to get your confidence back and get scoring is to consistently be in those areas where you got the puck inevitably is going to find its way towards the net. And if you can be the guy battling there and you can be in good position there, you know, you give yourself such a better opportunity to get a lucky one or a tip in or be in the right spot to get yourself back on track. Really appreciate the time today, Craig, and we'll certainly uh, do this again sometime soon. 
Okay, we'll see what the week uh, entails for us. We'll talk to you again next Wednesday. That's right. Thanks, Craig, so much. That's Hockey Night in Canada's Craig Simpson on Oilers now. It's 12.50, just about 12.52 here in Edmonton. We're going to take a quick timeout, and we'll come back, uh, read a couple of texts from the Heartland Ford text line as Brendan S. got in for Bob Stoffer on Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 55 here in Edmonton. It's Brendan Escott in for Bob Stoffer today on Oilers Now. How about this cold snap, hey? But I got to tell you that this March, you can take the family to the beach during spring break with great deals to fun in the sun destinations. You can start planning it today. Puerto Vallarta for $1,545. Riviera Maya for $1,699. And Honolulu, just $1,875. These four and five star packages include accommodations, airfare, taxes, and of course, parking at Value Park at the Edmonton International Airport. For reservations, call the travel experts at New West Travel or book online at newwesttravel.com. Text line is actually not the dumpster fire that I expected it to be today. Peel back the curtain there. Text comes in from Steve. He's a Tier 2 fan here in Edmonton. He says, come on, it's not the Canadian flag. A fan can toss their hat, jersey, underwear, or whatever. It's sending a message to management that he's totally frustrated. The team quit playing and deserved it. And the fact that he was a season's ticket holder speaks volumes. I am of the belief that a fan should, if you're going to pay the money, like Bob said, if you're going to pay the money to be there, you're, you're welcome to express uh, how you feel. If you think that the team is going to play better because you showed them up by throwing one of your jerseys onto the ice, you're wrong, man. Like I said, I'm I'm not trying to preach. I'm not trying to sit on a soapbox here. But to tell you that this team is apathetic about how the season has gone is completely inaccurate. These guys are frustrated as all hell. You saw it with Talbot when he got pulled. I see it in the dressing room, and and if you're watching the post-game scrums online, then you do as well. This team is not satisfied with where they're at. It's not like they need somebody to throw a jersey on the ice to be aware of that fact, to be aware of the fact that they're struggling mightily right now, and that there isn't necessarily a bright light shining at the end of the tunnel. So that's my take on it. You're welcome to whatever opinion you'd like, but that's how I see it. I just, I would not be throwing my jersey onto the ice. This text comes in from uh, Jer, the taper. He says, Brendan, wherever the conversation goes today, remember this. It could always be worse. We could be cheering for the Ducks. And those listening are going to say quietly under their breath, while the Ducks have a Stanley Cup under their belt. The Ducks have fallen victim to the cyclical nature of the NHL. The Oilers, unfortunately for them, traded away many of the pieces that they acquired by being at the bottom of the barrel and therefore never reached the apex that they theoretically should have by that cyclical nature of rebuilds, retools, etc., etc. A lot of texts coming in asking to trade for Oliver ekman Larson. Look, guys, there's no cap flexibility unless a serious move is made. And uh, the more that they lose the way that I see it, the more that the more likely that it is we're going to see wholesale change. But as long as they're in the playoff picture and finances are a factor, there's going to be a lot of effort put into keeping this team afloat in the playoff race. All right. We're going to head off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. And when we come back, buckle up. 
Ron McLean from Hockey Night in Canada. He'll be here to talk about uh, Hockey Day in Canada coming up in Swift Current this weekend. It's Brendan Escott filling in for Bob on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.